1212 check you're listening to ask the pros a podcast that inspires individuals to change the way they think in order to pursue their passion and make a meaningful career my name is Kesena Eronife, a project planner and i will be sitting with professionals and entrepreneurs to discuss their processes lessons learned and how to make an impact Welcome to another episode of Ask the Pros. And on this episode, I will be talking to a friend over in the States. This platform is to inspire and motivate my listeners. And um, I, I try to bring um, professionals or entrepreneurs on the show or anybody that, that has something to say. You know, So in that way, you could motivate and inspire my listeners. Uche will tell us what she does and how she got into the career and career part and and, and in that way, she's, she would um, tell the listeners, whoever is interested on in how to get on that same career path. Uh, without saying much, uh, Uche, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, so Uche, can you please tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? Let them know you a bit. Sure. Uh, hello, um, I'm Uche. I'm a pediatrician, but I'm also a pediatric specialist. Um, I'm a pediatric intensivist or a pediatric critical care physician, and that just means that I take care of children and adolescents who are admitted in the intensive care unit. Um, so that's what I do as a career path, um, but I'm also a mother and a wife, which I'm very proud about. That's good. Is there any other special thing you want you want my listeners to know about you? <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing. Uh, let me think. Is there any other interesting thing about me? Um, well, I mean, in addition to the clinical work that I do, you know, um, as other physicians in the states, we usually do other like research. Um, and have other responsibilities in the hospital other than the clinical um, aspect. So I do do research in uh, medical education and like career development and things like that. That's something really big, um, a big interest of mine. So that's, that's, I guess, in a nutshell, what I do. Okay, that's, that's good. Um, why have you studied medicine? Because I know being from, from your background, Nigeria, this sort of, those set of situations whereby your dad or your mom tells you, oh, I wanted to be a doctor. It's got to be a doctor or nothing. Was that your passion? Why medicine? So long story short, it was always my passion. Um, if my parents wanted me to be a physician early on, it wasn't expressed to me. And I guess because I've always expressed to them my interest in being a doctor, it, maybe they didn't feel the need to have to pressure me. And it, for them, it was like a win-win. <laughs> but I um, had always had interest in medicine from early life. Um, from when I was in elementary school or primary school, I would, you know, I remember my mom, cause my mother is a nurse, a registered nurse here. And a lot of my aunts are also nurses. So okay. I was exposed okay. to medical books and seeing the human anatomy and different things like that. Um, from when I was very young and that fascinated me. And in school, I always gravitated towards the sciences, biology, chemistry, physics. So I kind of already knew whatever I was going to go into was definitely going to be in regards to science and medicine seemed like naturally what I would, you know, kind of go towards. And as I got older, um, 
I noted that I wanted specifically to do probably handle children. So okay. I knew pediatrics okay. was a field that I was going to be probably very interested in um, going into um, from early on. I mean, I did consider other paths to try to maintain like an open mind. Like I thought of engineering for a little bit, and um, but those didn't last long. It's like every time I consider something else, medicine always outweighed anything else. And so I would put it aside after a short period of time of consideration and, um, and then just focus on medicine. So I, by the time I started university, I already knew, um, before I did my first degree that I was going to, you know, go to medical school after it, you know, so that came from me, not my parents. Okay. So from the said, so from the said go, medicine was, was always your first, first choice of career path. Yeah. Correct. Okay, okay, that's good. So, how long was the process from university? Did you have to do residency? You know, what's what's the process like? Yeah, so it's a good question. The process varies depending on where you are. So, me being in the United States, um, the medical school is separate from your first degree, unless there's some special programs that are very rare where they combine it, where it's like a six-year program, uh, so it combines your first degree and medical school. But most people go through the traditional four-year um, university for their first degree, their bachelor's in arts or in science, um, and then they apply um, and to go into medical school, which is another four-year schooling. So once you've completed medical school, you didn't get your medical degree, but you have to then go to a residency of some sort or whatever field you are planning on going into, um, because that's where you truly get the training in that field. Um, and so depending on your interest, the residency can be anywhere from like seven, I'm sorry, three to seven years. Wow. So yeah. Um, and then for people that then want to subspecialize on top of that um, specialty, they will then do what we call a fellowship, which is like extra training beyond residency. Um, and that could be anywhere from one year to three years, depending on the field you're in and what's a specialty you're aspiring to go into. So for me, I did four years of college okay. uh, or university, four years of medical school. Then I did a three-year residency in pediatrics um, and became a general pediatrician. Um, but then I did another three years um, in pediatric critical care so that I can become a pediatric subspecialist in critical care. So um, that's that was everything together, <laughs> you know, including uh, university. That's 14 years. Jesus, that's that's such a long time. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> wow. Uh, so every everybody's uh, everybody's uh, path is different depending on what they go into, you know. Because I have colleagues from medical school that you know maybe just did OB/GYN or OB OBGYN, and so then it was just a four year residency after medical school, and that was it. They didn't specialize or anything like that beyond. Um, the residency. Um, and then I have, I know people that are doing seven year residencies and doing fellowships. So then it's like nine years of training, nine to 10 years of training after medical school. So there, it varies. It could be as short, it can be as short as maybe, um, you know, seven years after you finish university, you know, four years college uh, four years medical school and then three years of residency but then some people are 
in training with residency and fellowship after that the whole thing is they could be in training for like nine, 10 years after uh, medical school. So it's, it varies, but it's a long process. Either way, it's a long process compared to other fields um, in science. And so I always tell people, you know, if you really want to become a physician for the right reasons, then that's awesome. Go for it. Um, but if it's all about, oh, I want to make money, um, there are other ways to make money where you're not committed to being in training or in school for so long of your life. So that's what I, that's what I advise people. Um, wow. That's such a long process. Which is, but in the process of, from um, uni to start starting practicing medicine, how, how, how's the salary scale? Is there, is there any much difference? So you don't, there is a huge difference because, I mean, you don't start making uh, or having a salary until you finish medical school. Cause I mean, then you're still technically a student and you're paying school fees. However, when you finish and you're in residency, you do have a salary, but it's significantly less than what you would make once you've completed your training. Okay. Um, so, and a lot of times residents and fellow uh, or people that are in fellowships or extra training, they are working a lot more hours than they would if they were, had completed their training. So if you try to break it up, break it up by what, how much you're making per hour, it's so less, you know, um, it's significantly less, but it's, I guess enough that you have some way of living and is able to fund at least, you know, where, you know, um, your rent or your mortgage if you have a house and, you know, basic needs, but it's not enough to support, you know, if you have, um, you know, you like shopping and things like that. It doesn't support that that much. Okay. Considering all that, all that year putting into this career part, you know, and in the beginning, from what you said, from what I can understand, there's, you can't, you, you're not really getting paid. So invariably, you just you you just living living on the little you have. So what what was your motivation in terms of trying to push on and not giving up and looking back and said, you know what, I must get to this to this finish line. You know, no matter what it is. What was your motivation? I think because um, so it varies. If people have different, I guess, motivations that you say or incentives for going into the field. Um, for me, it was the i found a lot of reward in helping patients get better and you know dealing with the dynamics with their families and you know because i feel in other fields you can help people and you know uh do good there's many types of jobs where there's good customer service and things like that. But I feel in medicine, when you actually are truly part of the healing process for a patient, not only are they so much more appreciative towards you, but I think it's just so much gratification when, for example, if I see like a, a two-year-old who ha was really sick with really bad pneumonia and was on like a, a ventilator because his lungs were so sick, and then you watch him get better and the, you just dealing with the parents and the patient and seeing how the healing process, how it proceeded and, um, and then dealing with all of that is just so much gratification to see people get better and be part of the process to help them get better. Um, so for me, that's the reward that I get through the job. Um, and I look forward to a lot every time I go to work. Um, 
So, but everybody's different. So, and I also love the, I'm, I'm a kind of science or I would say biology geek. I love um, the pathophysiology of the human body and all the different things, the processes that happen with the different illnesses and, you know, the treatments that we do to get them through the illnesses. So those are all things that fascinate me even to this day. Um, and so those are things that I, to me, are huge incentives for going, you know, going into this field. Wow, that's 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 very good to hear. And and I, I think from what you said, I think you also have to have self love and and you you also have to have that um, empathy and and be 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 willing to help you know help the needy because because I know if you if you don't have that naturally, I I don't think you you'll be able to pull that into into your career. Yeah, absolutely. But what was most challenging for you while studying to be a, a pediatrician? Um, I think the most challenging thing of the whole process getting up until now, um, there are a couple of things. So the process is not an easy process, as you can imagine. Um, you know, you think when you have your first degree, you know, you think things are going to be similar to that. No, medical school is hard. I mean, it's, it's not hard in that you can't understand what they're saying, but there's just so much information and knowledge that you have to acquire in those four years. And it just, it requires so much, um, time studying nonstop. It just takes so much of your effort. There's so much, um, energy and tears and sweat that's put into the process. And it kind of continues in residency, um, or, you know, in your training. And so I think that was just the hardest part was just how much effort it took for so long. You know, it wasn't like, Oh, I just put it in for like a couple months. No, you're like doing this for years. Um, and, uh, the other part is, you know, as much as I like to see, I think, people get better, you know, unfortunately there are cases of patients that don't get better, um, or, you know, that, you know, become very ill or have, um, long-term effects of their illness. And so as the same way, I, I love to see when people are getting better and their families are, you know, happy and the dynamics associated with that. There are also the downside of when things are not going well and having to deal with the dynamics in those situations. And so those could be, uh, challenging. They're still challenging, even for a seasoned, you know, pediatric intensivist. Um, it's those things that we struggle with, uh, whenever we come across it every day. Um, so those, I think in general, those are the challenging, the most challenging things, um, in, uh, the training and just working in this field. So you, invariably, you just, just your whole mind and body and soul have to be in it because in order for you to actually scale through, because, because what you said just now is you, they, they, they love, they love up, up, ups and downs, right? Absolutely. In terms of the benefit, you know, like when you finished finished all your all your studies and you and you became a full time doctor, in terms of getting getting job in your in your career path, was it an easy process, or you have to apply to different hospitals and go for certain interviews and all that? So there are jobs definitely for you, but you still have to go through the process of applying and interviewing, and a lot of times you may have to interview more than once um, at a certain place. Uh, for the same position. And I always kind of look at it in that, you know, even when you're applying and you're interviewing at different places, it's not just 
making sure you look good for them, but they're also trying to make sure they look good for you because they, you know, if they want you, they want you to like them. And so the interview kind of goes both ways. And, but I think with my faith, you know, I just try to look at it that, you know, if it's going to be, if it's for me and if it's a perfect place for me at this time, it will work out and we will like each other and we will both feel the connection and, um, it will go from there. So there's definitely opportunities of where people can apply to, but finding the right one for you with where, um, the patient population and the colleagues that you'll be working with and how things function at the hospital, everything works with what you're looking for, depending if you have a family or not or where you're trying to live um so it's their options are there but is the i think the key thing is finding the right one for you okay i haven't said that would you would you say it's a it's a shortage skill is this skill that uh like the government tend to like go out of the country to kind of like um employ more workers in, in terms of relating to this to, with the canada style like in canada there's some mm-hmm. certain professions that they tend to bring people from all over the world to come fill those positions. So is is this shortage skill in terms of in America? Oh, yeah, I see what you're asking. Um, So yes and no in that there always, there's always opportunities for, you know, new pediatricians or um, new, um, newly trained people in other fields. Um, there's many pediatricians and many pediatrics specialists everywhere, but there's constantly being, uh, hospitals are being expanded and things like that. And, um, new positions open here and there. And so there's always need, I think for more, um, not just pediatricians, but other physicians in other fields. Um, especially when it comes to like general medicine, like pediatrics, um, internal medicine, family medicine, things like that. Um, they're looking for that because now a lot of people like going into subspecialty medicine like myself. Um, and so they want to make sure that the general practitioners are still available because that's what people need, um, regardless. Okay, cool. Nice, nice. Cause the, the, the reason why I've asked that question is that it's not going to be good if someone goes goes to school for all that long, eight years, 10 years, 11 years, and you come out and you're looking for a job and the whole market is saturated, you know, and you would, you, you'd feel really, really awful. So that's why I've asked that if, if it was a shortage skill or not. So people that probably listen to this and want to go through that career path, they will be able to kind of like know that, oh, it's the jobs are readily out there, but you also have to put in the work in terms of applying and going for the interviews and selling yourself and, and trying to fill that, that that particular position. Absolutely, yeah. The jobs are definitely out there. <laughs> okay, and, okay. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. That's not going to change. Okay, then. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. That's, that's nice. So what, what, what would you say are some of the biggest mistakes people in your profession make? Um, so I think, um, and as I, I think in general, physicians as a whole are um, recognizing this, um, I think one of the biggest mistakes some of us make, um, is, you know, how we handle the, um, the difficult times or the difficult situations or cases in our field, especially when we have kids that don't do, or any patient that doesn't do as well as you hope. 
Um, some people, you know, are, and everyone handles it differently. Some people compartmentalize it so well that, you know, what happens at work happens at work when they get home, they're like completely stoic. It's like they're unaffected by it. But I think people are recognizing now that it's okay to maintain the humanistic portion and to, you know, remember that we're all human. And so sometimes, even though family members, they want their physician to be able to give them um, the facts, give it to them straight, even if the bad news, they want to know it from their physician. That's the physician's job to tell them that. Um, But they also appreciate to see the humanistic side of their physician. Like if the physician truly seems sad when things don't go well or they shed a tear if their uh, family member passes away or something like that. Um, and I think now people are recognizing that, you know, it's okay to show that side of yourself, to show more empathy, as you mentioned earlier, to show more of that humanistic side. Um, so I think it's, it's something that as physicians, we're, we continue to evolve, even though we've completed our training, we're still learning, um, and how to, and as, you know, the population is changing and evolving itself. You know, the expectations of physicians are changing as well. And so we're constantly having to adjust and um, to make it that we could be the best physicians out there and to, um, you know, where family members and patients would be as appreciative of how physicians handle their cases. Okay, that's that's good. But in in terms of like you know you've you've mentioned that you know in terms of the emotion you put into the job and when things don't go well, sometimes it, it could be very very devastating. You know, for 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 example, you know if if someone is going through like a like a, a pediatrician is going through process of mental health and all that, you know, are they readily um, help help out there for them to to go to go through? Yeah. To, yeah? That's a very good question, actually, because now um, every there is a huge movement in medicine for practitioners or physicians that is um, moving to make sure physician mental health okay. is not frowned down upon and not like hidden. Like it, people, they want people to speak up more if they're going through things there. There's a huge movement on physician wellness, um, and making sure they try to maintain that mental balance that they need to do their jobs. And so a lot of programs or hospitals are making it now more and more available that like they may have like a psychologist available just for their physicians or their staff so that if anybody has a problem, they can call this, you know, this, this, um, psychologist, um, and, uh, they can be taken care of, um, without their bosses or anyone else being aware of it. Like it's no one else's business, but between that physician and the psychologist. Um, so as an example, my hospital is doing that now. And that's, I think that's really good, but I've noted that through my training, I think more places are in just in general, when we go for different conferences, whether nationally or internationally, we notice that people are speaking up more about the necessity for us to maintain this mental balance. And so, like I said, the emphasis on, um, wellness has been so huge and it's continued to grow, which is great. Okay. That's, that's good. Well, well, well said, Uchi. well said. Cause, cause in terms of mental health balance, you know, it's very, very important in the, in the work environment. Um, for example, where, where I work, we, we have a, 
we have a mental health nurse on site because um, I think I think organizations these days are taking the issue of mental health very, very serious now because I, I think back in the days, I don't think they really cared as much like now because now they, they sort of like found that, that this mental health is very serious and is affecting a, a whole a whole range of people you know so mm-hmm. so it's good it's, it's good to have to, to have a physician on, on site to actually help help whenever a worker breaks down in terms of having to cope with issues of mental health that's good what would be your advice to anyone that wants to follow your career path so my advice is like i first of all as i mentioned make sure you check why you want to do this if it's just because you're looking for a way to make six-figure income (laughs) or greater, you know, (laughs) there are other ways to do it where it's not going to require so much sacrifice of time and effort to get there. Um, However, if this is what you really want to do, um, I would say, you know, you have to find ways to, through the process, to continue to remind yourself of that because there are going to be times in medical school or in training, you're going to be like, why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself through all of this trouble and through all of this frustration? Um, and so any way that you can help, you know, I guess, ground yourself or to remind yourself of, you know, why the, the passion that initially put you on this career path, you know, do that. And that could be anywhere from like your support system, which is really huge. It doesn't, if, even if you don't have, like, if you're not married and you don't have kids, it could be like your close friends, whether they're in medicine or not, you know, both ways they can serve, um, as, uh, good sources of reminders of why you went into this path and just guiding you and supporting you through the, the whole way. That's, I think, very important. Um, and just make sure to take care of yourself, you know, because I've seen many people when they go into this field as they're training, they like put themselves last. And I always tell them, like, if you do not take care of yourself and you fall ill, you know, guess what? You're going to have to take time off to recover and recuperate. And so it's, I always, even when I used to study like 12, 14 hours a day, I made sure I had to get eight hours of sleep that night. There was no way I like, it was like very, I was very strict about that. Um, and I had to make sure I ate, you know, three meals a day, because if I let my health fall by the wayside, you know, it's going to, I'm going to, it's, I'm going to suffer in the end. And so it's not worth it. Um, yeah, you, and then, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. Uchi. You're, you're, you're right. You, you, you have to confess because if you don't, if you don't have the, the right health or the positive mind towards studying, you know, you won't, you won't be, you, you'll be able to scale through, would you? Not at all. Not at all. Last advice also is to find a mentor early in the process, like find someone who's in the area or in a general area of where you want to be in medicine, um, and has already passed through training, have that mentor there to guide you through the process. Because there are things that I look back and I'm like, Oh, I wish I knew this, or, Oh, I wish I had a little guidance on this. Um, that would have just helped to streamline that process. You know, had I had, um, a mentor from the very beginning. So that would be the other advice. Well, that's, that's, that's good. That's great. That's great. At least you can, you can be able to learn from a mentor and, and follow, follow his or her part. Absolutely. 
now now given a second chance Uche, would you would you, would you study or follow this career path again absolutely so so given a second chance you you de- you definitely go for it <laughs> i would definitely go for it i think the difference is that i would probably you know I would probably have had like a mentor from the beginning. And I mean, as early as like when I was in university, like had a mentor through that process. I mean, I acquired one when I was in medical school, but it would have been nice. Like even when I was studying for the entrance exam for medical school and everything that I had a mentor from like the very beginning, because I think that would have really helped, you know, guide me like not just any mentor, but someone that's really invested in your success and in your advancement. Um, yeah, I think that's what I think I would have done differently, but I, I definitely would have gone through, um, the same path eventually. Okay. That's that's great. That's, that's very nice to hear. Uh, now after like, you know, studying and coming out, walking, and you know, earning for for a long time, you know, is there is there any other thing you want to do around your career path? Is there? Did you have other other plans? You know, it, it might be, for example, it might be you you want to probably start your own your own medical care or whatever. You don't want to work for a private, but yeah, for for public, and you want to go private and th- and things like that. Is there is there any, is there anything in the future surrounding that? So I have given it some thought at this point. At this point, I don't see myself like 10 years from now. I don't want to go into private practice. Like I still think I would want to be um, in working in a public hospital setting, um, still in pediatric intensivist. I think that um, other responsibilities, I definitely hope to um, acquire um a lot more skills around like with my research and been able to contribute to what's out there in the medical literature a lot more. Um, so it's more of the other responsibilities that I'm hoping to really build upon, um, to, you know, really help build my career, um, in the, over the next decade. Okay. That's, that's good. But well said, what is a normal day at work like? It varies every day and every week is different. Um, so if I'm, there are times where if I'm the one in charge of the patients in the unit or on what we call on service, that means I'm the one doing like the physician rounds on the patients and I see all the patients and I have to see what's going on. If I'm the one, then I, um, usually I would wake up at like 4am I will work out and then um, go to the hospital, be at the hospital by like 6.30, like review things on the computer. Then I will um, go start seeing the patients, you know, around 7 or so. Um, And then we'll start rounding at 7.30. And so pretty much from, you know, 6.30 till like 5 o'clock, I'll be in the hospital. And then... um, then I will go pick up my son from daycare and then come home or, um, either Charles will do it or depending on whose schedule, like where things are. Um, however, um, the hospital, my hospital does it that there has to be a pediatric intensivist in the building at all times, like 24 seven. So we also do night shifts occasionally. So there are times like tomorrow I'm on call where I would be in the hospital for 24 hours. Um, yeah, so it varies every time. It varies. Okay, so in terms of in terms of work and you know career, would you would would you want to work somewhere else apart from the U.S.? 
Um, I've considered it. I feel like, cause I'm still kind of early in my career. Like I just finished training two years ago. Okay. Um, I feel like it's kind of early, but it's something that's a possibility. I don't. And even if I do, maybe not all through the year, maybe practice mostly in the States and go somewhere else, you know, like maybe Nigeria or something and practice for a little bit. Um, but right now I, I think I need to, um, to help solidify other things in my career, like with my research and also to continue to build up my experience as a clinician, um, in the hospital. I need to, um, just spend some time on that, but maybe later in the career, like after I've been in it, maybe like seven to 10 years and I can start saying, oh, maybe I can start splitting up my time. I'm just curious here. Yeah. If your son is ill, do you, do you take him to the hospital or you, or you just treat him yourself? What do you do? <laughs> so that's a very interesting question. So some people, <laughs> the good thing, I think the best thing to do is if I, if I'm concerned where I feel like, like if I feel he's sick, like if it's something like, Oh, he has a fever and he otherwise is drinking and keeping himself hydrated and I'm not worried is a se- severe infection. I would just take care of it, you know, home with like over the counter um, medications. But however, if I feel like he needs antibiotics or something, I'll go to, for him to see a doctor because even as his, as his mother, even though I'm a pediatrician, it's hard when it's your child because there there's different things like one you may overlook certain things because you're so focused on his comfort you're so focused on you know how's he doing you may not have that objective view as a physician um when it comes to like a serious infection and I would feel more comfortable that someone like another set of eyes look on him because then I could focus on just being his mother and not trying to be mother and physician you know and so especially, you know, it's, I think, generally frowned down upon if I try to, like, self-treat him by myself, you know. And so that's why, like, he has he has his own pediatrician who's a colleague of mine. He works in the same, like, through the same university that I do. Um, and, you know, I see him all the time. But, you know, he's my, he's my child's doctor, my child's pediatrician. So, like, if there's an issue, I go to him, and he does the examination and everything. So... So, and then if he wants to prescribe anything, he prescribes it. So that way I can just remain his mother and allow him be the objective um, pediatrician. <laughs> okay. So those are, those are some of the checks and balances. Yeah. 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 Being a mother and a wife and you have a very, from, from what I, from what I understand so far, you have a very tough schedule, you know, and how do you, how do you balance all that with family life? That is a very good question. It's it's not an easy feat at all. Um, it's something that constantly requires sacrifice on many ends, requires good sorry, communication on many ends. I think the key thing is just making sure your support system is there and solid um, because even as things change and, you know, with different, you know, field or um, levels of training, you know, it's like, I have to move, I have to do that. Um, and if you're married or with kids, that means you're literally carrying your whole family the whole time, usually, or you may mean you may be separated from your family for a little bit. So it's something where you really require 
a lot of support from your family and that's huge. And when, if you have a good support system, anything is possible. Okay, that's that's good. Well, well, well said, Uche. So I haven't haven't said that. What are you what are you most passionate about? Um, right now, I mean, I'm passionate about what I do, but I'm most passionate about my family. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's good. Well said. Well said. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Um, have you have I haven't, I haven't heard you you know talked about how you go into medicine and and all the years you studied and getting work and having to balance that balance that with family and all that you know i still i still think that the most important thing in terms of being in any medical field you know being being, being in um, any part doctor specialized in what what you do you know i think i think it boils down to you wanting to be of service to people because if you don't, if you don't, if you don't have that that kind of empathy or you, you self love or you want to be of service, I, I don't, I, I don't think, I, I don't think you would be able to to offer that service. Would you agree to that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, it's good, 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 good. So, Uche, what what's what would you want my listeners listeners to take from this? Your your last word to my listeners. <laughs> um. I think that regardless of what field you decide to go into, always make sure, like I said, take care of yourself. Any field, I don't, most fields out there, there's no shortcuts or easy paths with them. And so, you know, having a good support system through it, having a mentor through it, I think is very important. Um, and always try to make sure, like, as you're taking care of yourself, occasionally to have fun, you know, you know, you work hard you know, whatever you go into. And so whenever it's time to have fun or to relax, make sure you really, really, um, take that consider, uh, or take that seriously because you don't want to overwork yourself and where then your, um, physical health becomes compromised. So thanks a lot for coming on the show. And I'm really grateful and all the best the rest of your career. And, um, and hope, hope, hope everything turns very, very well for you and your family. Oh, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. This is an honor. <laughs> Thanks.